what's good, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hall of Takes Basketball Podcast. I'm your host for today, Eric. I'm here with KJ. And today we're going to go into our top three all summer league teams for the past summer league that just concluded yesterday, or it might be two days ago by the time you listen to it, and also our all defense summer league team. Um, so without further ado, we will go right into the first team. And, um, and yeah, so our first team is Jalen Suggs at the one, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Scotty Barnes, and Alperin Sangoon. Um, so first, Jalen Suggs played uh, 22 minutes. And in 22 minutes per game, and he played three games, he had 15 points, 2.3 assists, 6.3 rebounds. He shot 41% from the floor, 35% from three on four three-point attempts per game. He had 1.6 steals and one block and uh, a PER of essentially 25. So Suggs, he made great reads in the pick and roll and in transition. You know, he played really hard on both ends of the floor, finding open teammates. He's very good at initiating contact. He's very good with the pull-up jumpers. Um, He's also an elite defender as well. Um, He showcased that as he played really hard on that end of the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the defense was was definitely it definitely translated well to the NBA level, which we all kind of thought that 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 it would. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about his on ball defense and why that you know he might have arguably the best on ball defense in the class, though that is quite arguable. What we saw in the summer league was he has great off ball defense as well. Uh, there were a few moments where he was caught slacking, obviously, but, you know, that's to be expected from a rookie. But he's not just a one-sided, you know, on-ball defender. He he can play on-ball and off-ball. He is an, an incredibly intelligent player, and we definitely saw that in the summer league. Do you have anything else to add about him uh, defensively? Yeah, defensively, he's, like, he's been a pass, like, off-ball and on-ball, like you said. He plays the passing lanes really well, so I think – that's a huge advantage too. Yeah, he's got great active hands, and we all remember that block. What What was your reaction to that block when he uh, at at the very end of the you know when it was clutch time against what what team was it? Do you remember? Yeah, um, it sh- it was one of those games where like he that block was pretty crazy because like he's done that before with Gonzaga too, and. Um, he, got, he just comes out of nowhere with those blocks and like, he's also like a really clutch player. So that's a huge advantage too. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't particularly surprised when I saw that block at uh, that block at the end of the um, at the end of the game, uh, because it was kind of on brand for him. I mean, we all saw that, that block against, uh, against, I think it was, was it Baylor? No, it was, it was against UCLA, wasn't it? In the, um, in the final four. Exactly. It was against UCLA. He blocked it. And then right at, he blocked somebody who was probably, I don't know, maybe six, seven, six, eight. And right after that, he grabs the ball and, and, he, and he plays a pass in the transition to get the easy bucket. I mean, that was so it's, it's, it's quite on brand for him to be blocking guys who are, you know, who are way, way bigger than him. So I, I personally wasn't surprised, but his defense has definitely translated well. What do you think about his offense? Because he was shooting. Let me find it here. It was, it was, it's 35% from three on, on four attempts. So that's slightly better than, than what he averaged in at Gonzaga. Um, a lot of people were worried about his ability to create for himself, his, you know, his range from three and just his ability to shoot the three ball in general. But we saw him able to, to hit consistent threes. We saw him shoot threes from range comfortably. 
And, you know, we, we just saw him as, as a comfortable shot creator in general, especially off the dribble. We didn't see too much of it, but when he did shoot off the dribble, it didn't look far off at all. Yeah, no, his shooting form is really good. Um, the thing with Suggs is that, like, he's, like, he may not be able to create the same separation off the dribble as someone like Jalen Green, uh, or, he, or that he's, like, as shifty or uh, as Jalen Green might be. Um, but Suggs can get, can get that jumper correct because, like, he's got the form. Yeah, and I think that a lot of us who were big Suggs fans, especially us Raptors fans, we were thinking – you know, there's nothing wrong with Suggs's shot. Like he has quite beautiful form. Actually, it's really just about consistency. And a lot of us had that pegged down to look, he was a football player in high school. And he even said himself that, you know, when football season came around, he put all of the basketball stuff away. So that's another thing, you know, another reason for all of the excitement that we had. Um, so I, I don't think that any of us are really that surprised, at least not as Raptors fans. Um, I don't think any of us are really surprised that he shot that three ball well. And um, a PER of, of 24.9 puts him at uh, the second best PER out of the, um, sorry, the third best PER out of uh, the first team. So yeah, credit to Suggs. I mean, he was, he was definitely a killer during the summer league. Moving on to Jalen Green, who is mainly, who, who is the main guy, I guess, um, in a lot of people's first teams. Uh, I think a lot of people would probably say that it's common opinion. He is, or he was the best player in the summer league this year would you agree with that yeah I'd, I'd say so like it's tough because there's a lot of great players but like yeah I'd, I'd agree with that so he had uh in 21 minutes and three games played he had 20 points so almost a point per minute uh he had two assists 4.3 rebounds shot 51 percent from the floor 52 percent from three uh we'll talk about that in a second on six attempts per game he had uh, 0.3 steals and zero blocks and a PER of 28.7, the highest out of uh, the first team. Yeah, so like, as you can tell, like Jalen Green, he's an elite scorer off the dribble. He's got like quite a few go-to moves where like he'll be, he'll be easily able to create separation off the dribble into that jump shot. He's not only just like a shooter, like he's great at attacking the basket and initiating contact to draw the foul. Um, I actually think he's the best scorer in the whole draft, like period. And I don't think it's much of a discussion. His defense does need a bit of work, but like, I think when he's locked in, I don't think he's a bad defender at all. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And one of the things I think I, I observed in the G league was that, um, you know, he's got the length to be a great defender. He's, he looks like he has the makings of the instinct. You know, he, I think that he will be able to do it, particularly because of his length. You know, he doesn't seem to be, um, you know, uh, he doesn't seem to have low defensive IQ, particularly any more than you'd expect from a rookie. Um, so, you know, with, with his length, he'll be okay. That's what I genuinely think. And uh, we saw some flashes of really good playmaking in, in during the, his time in the G League as well. So I think he will be the best player that comes out of this draft. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jalen Suggs. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Scotty Barnes or even Jonathan Kaminga or Sengun. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think that he will be an all-around player. I know there are a lot of concerns that he wasn't, um, you know, the final product going in. And maybe if he did have better playmaking, he did have better defense, he would have gone number one. But I think that was the reason he didn't. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, he probably was the best player in the summer league. 
I think that's um, that's probably pretty fair. So um, what what do you think? What do you think about Jonathan Kaminga? So in, in 27 minutes, four games played, he averaged 17 points, two assists, six rebounds, did shoot 37% from the floor and 28% from three on 4.5 attempts uh, from three. Had 1.5 steals and 0.7 blocks, though, defensively, and a PER of 16.6, which is the lowest out of our first team. What do you think of Kamingo? Yeah, so like like you said, 28% from three. Like, he's still got room to grow as a shooter. Yeah. But he showcased, like, he can play that, like, bully ball, like, type basketball. He's got that athleticism to really get to the rim and finish. And, like, in G League, when you watch them, like, his finishing wasn't the best. His touch around the rim wasn't the best. Um, but you can tell when he's playing in summer league now, like, he's really going for dunks. He's really going to the rim, like, a lot more aggressively. So, like, you can tell he's not as much of a project as people are saying he is. Um, but defensively, like, you know what you're going to get from him. He's elite defensively. He can guard just about anyone on the floor. Warriors even ran him at the five at some points, and, like, he excelled there. So he did yeah. really well. He was a, I'd say, a large part um, of the Raptors' loss to the Golden State Warriors. He was a monster defensively. I'm not sure how many blocks he had in that game. But um, he had, I think, at least a couple of blocks. And just overall in the summer league, um, you know, it explains the average of 1.5 blocks per game. He, he had a lot of blocks. I'd say rim protection was probably his best defensive asset. But on-ball defense was also um, definitely on display. So I think the most impressive thing that we saw from Kaminga, um, you know, during the summer league, I guess you could say there were two uh, two things that I guess were the most impressive or the most surprising or the most notable. And that was the three-point shot, which a lot of us had concerns about, particularly because in, you know, in, in the G League, he, he didn't shoot particularly well uh, around the same percentage that, that he shot um, in the summer league. But what I noticed is that he was taking way more difficult shots in the summer league and he had around the same percentage. So on that note, it did look like he, he did improve in terms of shot creation and off the dribble spot up both of those, but yeah, not only a shot creation and not only a shot making, but his defense was particularly notable. Yeah. I'd say like his, uh, his flashes, like he, he shows flashes as a three level scorer for sure, but he just really needs to put it together. And once he does it, it'll be like a, a scary sight. So. Yeah. What would you say to people who say that Kaminga maybe doesn't deserve a spot in the first team? Because I feel like there are a lot of people who might say, you know, uh, maybe Cam Thomas, even though he's a guard, you know, they might, they might say, you know, put, you know, put him over Kaminga. What would you say to those people? Or maybe Toppin? Yeah, it's mainly the two-way play, you know? So, like, Toppin's not really as good of a defender. Cam Thomas doesn't really show much on the defensive end. You see Kaminga, he's, like, great defensively, and he showed it on offense, too. So, it's that two-way play and versatility, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... We finally get to our guy, Scotty Barnes. So uh, in 27 minutes per game, four games played, he had 15.5 points, 3.2 assists, 6.7 rebounds, uh, shot 41% from the floor. So same as Jalen Suggs, uh, 27% from three on 2.7 attempts. And so that's about the same, pretty much the same numbers that, that he hit in college and uh, one steal per game and two blocks per game uh, with a PER of 23.8. So what, did, what were your first impressions of Barnes during the summer league? 
it was honestly like exactly what I expected from him other than maybe the handle. I think the handle definitely improved uh, out of since college. Um, but he showed flashes as a three level scorer, as a mid range shooter, as a three point shooter, as a finisher. Um, even though they were just flashes, it's definitely promising for him moving forward. You know, he's going to bring that elite, def- elite defense, basically like one through five on ball, off ball, just about everything defensively. He's a great playmaker for his size too. Um, and I, you can tell he's definitely like a top two defender in the entire, in the entire draft. So that's definitely something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with that um, seven, four wingspan, uh, there are a lot of people who say seven, two, seven, three, it, it was measured as seven, four. Um, you know, we saw it on full display. I, I believe it was during the first game. Was it against the Knicks when he got that steal um, with his on-ball defense right near the half court? Um, right near the halfway line. I, I believe that's when he got that steal. And then he, he was kind of on his ass and he made the pass, I think, to maybe Wayne, right? Possibly to go for the easy dunk in the open lane. Um, you know, he that wingspan is going to be such a huge asset for him moving forward. It allows him to contest shots at, you know, pretty much anywhere on the floor. It allows him to be a fantastic rim protector. Although we didn't see too much of that during the, the summer league, we saw it more so toward the bottom half of the summer league. Um, but, you know, he is just a monster and he communicates so well on the defensive end. If you look at any of the um, anybody who watched the summer league, uh, the Raptors game saw that when he was mic'd up, he was talking a lot on the defensive end. He was giving instructions on the sideline and during the court uh, during the court time. And he was doing that pretty much nonstop the entire game and didn't matter how old uh, the player was that he was giving instructions to. I saw him giving instructions to, I think, you know, Wainwright at some point, Malachi, um, uh, David Johnson. So yeah, you know, he's, he's just an absolute monster uh, defensively with respect to offense. Yeah, I agree. I think that we saw a little bit of everything. We saw the three point shot. We saw, you know, that in, in um, spot up situations, we saw it in, in pull up situations, which, you know, they weren't exactly catch and shoot open threes. We saw him actually pull up. And he did it with, with, you know, all right efficiency, I, I guess I would say. I mean, 27% is not particularly good, but there were some of those shots that he kind of forced. And also, you know, it's, it's worthwhile to look at the team that he was forced to play with. They weren't particularly good, and there wasn't a lot of playmaking on that team. He was best with the ball in his hands. So he wasn't really getting great looks. So, you know, a lot of that was kind of, he, he was, I, I'd say that probably a good proportion of his three-point of his three pointers were off the dribble or in pull-up situations. His first one was, and his last one was, um, and a lot of them in between. So yeah, you know, that was, that was pretty impressive. What do you think of his hook shot? That seemed to be his signature offensive move at Florida state. And um, it, it seems like, you know, we didn't see too much of it. We saw him really try a whole bunch of different moves Um, You know, we saw him pull up a lot from mid range with those fadeaways and the turnarounds. And, um, you know, what did you think about his offensive game? Yeah, I was going to say like his his hook shot his floater. It's not really like completely there yet. I would say focus more as a shooter um, and as like an explosive finisher first. That floater and that hook shot will come like eventually and he'll he'll really develop into into a great finisher. He's not like quite there yet, but I'd like to see him be a little bit more explosive as a finisher. And I think he showed that in summer league. Yeah. What would you say to people who say that, you know, there might be concerns about his explosiveness? Because I know that that's a pretty common take out there. 
I'd say like they 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 might have been correct in college where like he he didn't really like you can tell like he's extremely athletic but when you really watch him play like he doesn't even get up as high as he should have right and that's not any diss to him that's just shows you how athletic he really is um but I think we saw it in summer league where he got up really high he, he showed his his explosive athleticism so I don't think it's a it's a disadvantage to him at all do you remember by any chance um, what record he broke with respect to the vertical? I remember he broke some kind of vertical, um, but I'm not I'm not too sure which one that was. Some kind of vertical record. I believe he has. Chance? I believe he has like a 43 inch vertical or something or something crazy like that. But yeah, he's got a pretty decent vertical like he was um yeah so like i said he broke a record i'm I, it's kind of difficult Excuse to me. It should, be, should be like around a 40 inch vertical not not 40 he posted a 39.5 inch max vertical leap yeah that's um yeah. he came in with uh at six point eight six uh, six foot eight with a seven three wingspan and the third biggest hands in this year's class when he was measured when he came you know uh, after the draft the day after the draft he was what was a six nine seven four wingspan and uh, who knows what size hands he is. I think he might've been up to number two or even number one, but he is still growing. So there's still everything that we see from him defensively. There's, you know, there, there's still some more there. Uh, what do you think about his, his shot form? Yeah, his, his shot form, it's, it's pretty good. Um, definitely needs some more momentum behind it. Def, definitely, it, it definitely needs a little bit of work but it's like, it's a good base, right? It's not something like completely broken. So like that, that's what I think about it. And what, what do you think in your, in your opinion, what do you think um, puts Scotty Barnes at this top, at this spot over Toppin? Definitely the defense. The one, the one main thing I saw with Toppin was that he doesn't really make good reads off the ball. He gets blown by the, by guards a lot. And even by like, uh, even by forwards a lot. Uh, on defense and that was a main criticism for Obi Toppin so like the fact that Barnes can defend one through five basically with great like elite defense is like a huge plus for him I agree in short he's an incredibly intelligent defender on ball and off ball his wingspan is a massive asset that is unparalleled in many ways across the league not just out of this class's rookies um, and he's just overall, um, showing a lot of signs on offense as well. You know, he's still in his last game, he had 23 points. It's, it's kind of, it, there was, he wasn't done a lot of justice based on the situations that he was put in, you know, in the final game, we saw the ball in his hands a lot more. And that's why I think a lot of us were not surprised to see him take over in that fourth quarter against the Hornets and to see him score 23 points or, or was it 20, 21 points, um, and we saw a hook shot. We saw a fadeaway mid range. We saw the three point pull up. You know, we saw pretty much everything, everything that we would want to see. So what do you think as a, as a last question before we move on to Kamenga, what do you think is his ceiling offensively? Offensively? Uh, it's, it's hard it's to difficult, get difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, like I definitely think he'll be an all-star in his prime. Um, but offensively, like it's, it's very difficult. I think if he, if he develops a jumper, he'll be like, he'll be great offensively um, to the point where he'll become an all-star. And I think it's that, that, that notion where, where it's whether he or not, he really develops that jumper. Just really briefly, actually, one thing we didn't talk about was his playmaking. That's another thing that distinguishes him 
from Toppin and from other people that might, because you know, I, I feel like that out of, out of the people that we selected to be in the first team, Scotty might be the one who receives probably the most questions or criticism. Um, we saw a lot of great playmaking from Scotty Barnes this summer league. We saw him, uh, you know, run a, 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 a full court pass with his left hand off the dribble uh, for the easy finish. We saw him, um, you know, make a lot of great no look reads. Um, you know, we, we saw him kind of do a little bit of everything in terms of playmaking. And we saw a lot of his assists being robbed by the players that he was on the floor with. I mean, that's probably the most consistent theme. Some people might look at his box score and say, well, you know, his numbers aren't particularly impressive or, or, you know, they should be more impressive. I, it, again, everything needs to be taken into context. He was on the floor with, uh, you know, how many assists do you think were wasted per game directly from uh, due to Freddie Gillespie? If you were to just ballpark a number. Like three, a game, like, yeah, probably like three. Around like, three. Yeah. So, like, you know, he was, he was pretty close to a triple double a few times. I think he had a four, he had a four assist uh, game during, during the last one. So if you add three assists to that, cause I think that there were like three or four assists that he was robbed of, you know, that, that takes that up to, you know, to, to pretty close to a triple double. So, you know, I think that Scotty Barnes probably did a lot more than he's being given credit for. Don't you agree? Yeah, I'd agree for sure. All right. So now lastly, to just move on to Kaminga, um, I guess before Sengen as well. So, oh no, did we, we covered Kaminga, didn't we? Yes, we did. We so Alper and Sengen lastly. So in 25 minutes per game, four games played, he averaged 14.5 points, 2.7 assists, 11 rebounds, 43% from the floor. And most importantly, which he was getting a whole bunch of kind of question marks about his three point shooting at the NBA level, 37% from three as a center on two shots per game, two attempts per game. He had one steal and three blocks and a PER of 27, which is the second highest out of our first team. What were your first impressions of Alper and Senga? Yeah. So like the main two impressions I got were like, he has very high IQ and feel for the game. Like that's just, that's just a given. Yeah, exactly. Like you can tell, I was just going to say like, you can tell he's got, he's a great playmaker for his size um he showed that he's even mobile enough to guard out on the perimeter a little bit which was a big question mark exactly yeah and he uses his size like really well he's very crafty around the rim in terms of how to get by that first defender and and finish at the rim so it's his craftiness and and his playmaking for sure yeah i i don't think that there was a single thing that he doesn't that he didn't show at a high level in his locker during the summer league. Would you agree? Like he could score, he could defend. I, I don't know if I'd be so comfortable to say one through five, but three to five, absolutely. Maybe two to five as well. Like he, he is definitely a mobile defender, uh, at least from, from what we saw, you know, for his position, you know, he was just impressive on, on every level of the game. But what was the thing do you think, um, that what do you think what was his calling card would you would you say it's his scoring or would you say it's his you know his his rebounding given that he got 11 11 rebounds per game what would you say is the thing that that really really impressed you the most about Sengman the 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 most for sure was his playmaking honestly cuz like being a big and and like you need to be able to have like a good playmaker as a big and that's like a major not need but that's a major plus as a big for that to happen because you don't see a lot of bigs nowadays who are like so versatile 
in their playmaking ability. And uh, he was just making the right reads. You can tell he's got that really good court vision. So definitely his playmaking. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would probably agree with that. Although his scoring, I'd, I'd think that there's a strong argument for, for the answer being his scoring. He seemed that he could, he, nothing could stop him if he was in the mood. He could score on all three levels. Um, you know, he can, he could score off the dribble. I think I saw some semblances of that during the summer league. Um, he's, he's a great finisher in my view um, when, when he takes it inside. And, um, but yeah, no, his playmaking was definitely, I, you know, I, I can definitely see that being on par for the number one answer because there was one play, I think you remember, it might've been against Detroit where he was posting up Jalen green made the run around his screen and uh, was, was running toward the basket uh, unguarded and within the post up Sengun through the pass through the legs of the defender to get Jalen green on the other side, but Jalen green, even though he caught it and he read the pass uh, he had stepped out of bounds because he wasn't expecting such a great intelligent pass like that when he received it, he was, he was stepping out of bounds, but do you remember that pass? And like, don't you think that's kind of like the epitome of, of, you know, his playmaking ability and his court vision? Yeah, definitely. Like his court vision. And like you said, like that, that was a great pass. And um, like the wraparound passes that you see, even the passes, not just from the post, but out on the, from the perimeter are like very impressive. Yep. No, he's excellent. So, we're going to take a quick break and then get back to the second, uh, this, the all summer league second team. All right, guys. So now we're on to the all summer league second team from your hall of takes team. Uh, so we've got Peyton Pritchard at the one Davian Mitchell at the two cam Thomas at the three and Obi Toppin at the four. And finally Luke Garza, Luca Garza at the five. So Peyton Pritchard, in 28 minutes and four games played, he had 20.3 points, 8.7 assists, and 5.7 rebounds, shooting 51% from the floor and 57% from three on 8.7 attempts, 1.8 steals per game, no blocks, and a 28 PER, the second best, surprisingly, on the second team. Uh, second best to Luca Garza. So what were your first impressions of Peyton Pritchard, do you think? Yeah, for me, it's like you have to you have to value winning. Um, and Celtics ended up winning like four four games in a row to to make the finals, even though they lost in the championship. That's like pretty damn good for the Celtics. Um, and just briefly, if 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 the Celtics had beat the Kings, Peyton Pritchard would have been the MVP, wouldn't he? Yeah, most likely. It was between it was between him and Mitchell for sure for the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, go ahead. Sorry, continue. But yeah, he's just got he's just got a great feel for the game. You can tell like he's got high IQ on offense. Um, he's just a great scorer off the dribble. Like he's not just a three and whatever, like three and D guy. Uh, he definitely doesn't have as much of the defense um, as other prospects do. But he gets his teammates involved a lot, and uh, he did really well in summer league. Yeah, absolutely. 1.8 steals was really impressive, really. Um, Cause like you said, he's not much of a defender. That's kind of something that he's been missing. Um, but even though he's not been a bad defender, I think a lot of Celtics fans would make that point. They'd say that, you know, he's not particularly skilled at defense, but he can hold his own. He's at, at, at worst, he's average. Um, I think a lot of people would say, you know, for his position, 
Um, I think learning from Marcus Smart definitely helped. I don't think that we would see 1.8 steals per game in the summer league if uh, if he had not had Marcus Smart on his team and had spent a year with Marcus Smart. I think that has definitely helped. But, you know, Peyton Pritchard is, above all, he's a shooter. That's what he is. That's his archetype. That's his job. That's his thing. Off the dribble, spot up, catch and shoot, corner, top of the key, mid-range, inside. He's a shooter. He's a scorer. That's his thing. Um, we saw, though, 8.7 assists. We saw some pretty polished playmaking from Peyton Pritchard during the summer league. Uh, you know, what were your impressions on not just the scoring, but, but maybe the other elements of his game as well? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I definitely agree. He's an average defender, nothing amazing, but uh, nothing absolutely terrible at the same time. Um, with this playmaking, I was quite surprised, honestly. Um, he was getting his teammates involved. He was making the right reads. I knew he had high IQ, but I didn't think he was that great of a playmaker since he was more known for his scoring. Yeah. It seems like he definitely took a leap and, Another thing that was kind of that's kind of worth mentioning is um, what was it during the I'm not quite sure in which city the Pro-Am game was, but he scored 90 points in a in a Pro-Am game this this summer. Um, You know, so that that definitely shows you, um, uh, you know, everything about the leap that he's taken during this summer, because he was you know, he came in clutch during the regular season. Uh, there was this one play at toward the beginning of the season where he had this last second clutch time tip in uh, that won the Celtics the game. He's been a fantastic shooter from three for the Celtics. He's, you know, with, with the with the departure of Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, he's going to be asked to take in to to perform that kind of Kemba Walker role, I would say, because I don't think you can expect very much from Josh Richardson at the moment. So, you know, I, th- I think that he's in a situation where he's definitely been pro- improving a lot. He's been shooting lights out, and we definitely saw that on display in the summer league. But what we saw most notably was the other elements of his game coming together, the playmaking, you know, 5.7 rebounds for a dude who is under, you know, 6'4", is, is pretty impressive. He's a pretty undersized guard. If I'm not mistaken, he's, you know, 6'1 or 6'2". Um, so 5.7 rebounds shows, you know, some, some su- substantial intelligence, 57% from three on 8.7 attempts tells you everything you need to know about his um, offensive acumen. So yeah, really great game from Peyton Pritchard. And honestly, he is the reason that, you know, one of the main reasons, if not the major reason that the Celtics did so well during summer league, uh, moving on to Davion Mitchell, he was the co-MVP uh, of the summer league in 25 minutes per game, five games played. He had 10.8 points, 5.8 assists, 1.4 rebounds shot 42% from the floor, 47% from three on three attempts, one steal per game and 0.2 blocks with a PER of 17.7, the lowest on the second team. What were your first impressions of Davion Mitchell? Davion was like really, really impressed me Um, from his elite defense to his leadership, to his playmaking ability, um, to his shooting off the dribble, to his handle, just about everything with Mitchell really impressed me. Like he won the championship led Kings. He led Kings to a four and O record and then won that championship against the Celtics. 
um, his handle was like really, really good in summer league as well. So um, it's definitely the leadership with him and the fact that he was on the winning team made, made sense just for him to be on the second team. And I'm just going to repeat this. He shot 47% from three on three attempts per game. Not a lot of people had him as a, you know, lights out shooter coming into this draft and coming into this, you know, preseason. What, what about his shooting impress you? I mean, did his shooting, did his shooting impress you? I mean, what, what about it? If, if any, just the shooting, like off the dribble, because we knew he would be just as good a shooter off the dribble as he would um, on the catch and shoot. But like the fact that he was doing it consistently, like really, really impressed me in that sense. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much of it is going to translate. I don't think he's going to shoot close to 47% uh, in the NBA per se. Um, because I think the main thing with him is that he's a little sh- on the shorter side. And so like, it's a lot easier for bigger players and taller players to get off those shots. Whereas for him, it's a little bit more challenging, but I still mm-hmm. think his, his shooting will be, will be very decent in the NBA. But certainly an improved shot you'd say. Yeah, I'd say so. It's not like 47% is, is pretty damn good. So yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And, you know, that was really the only thing that that was kind of a question mark around him. Everybody thought that he was, I guess you could say a Marcus Smart type player, that he didn't have particularly spectacular shooting, but his defense just made him an overall, you know, great pick, uh, you know, where he landed. So, so yeah, credit to Davion Mitchell. Uh, A lot of, you know, I think the official NBA account had him as at first team, which makes sense because he got MVP. Um, But, you know, statistically he wasn't a great scoring threat as at least not as much as, as the other, um, as the other individuals in the, in the first team. Um, what, what would you say to the person who says, nah, Davian Mitchell, she should be first team. Well, definitely. I think, um, I think people are undermining that Kings King summer league team. It's a lot of people that a lot of players that you really like don't really know about, um, but I'd say that King Summer League team was was pretty good. So even though he won that championship, that Kings the Kings team was good, and the stats don't really give him as much justice uh, in terms of first team. Yeah, let's not forget that you know um, he was awarded Co uh, Summer League MVP next to another Sacramento King, and um, I, I don't remember his first name. Was it was it Josh Terry? Do you remember Terry, the, the, you know, the five for the Kings during the summer league? Do you remember him by any chance? Might've frozen a little bit there. Jason Terry, is it? Emmanuel Terry. Yeah, I know. Um, I know like, I, I know they had a few guys there. They had, um, they had Matt Coleman coming out of Texas. Um, they had like a few guys there who, who could really like, really play so that Kings team was good yeah absolutely so that would probably be our response to the person who says Davian Mitchell should be should be first team because he was um he was you know a lot of people are not giving enough credit to the to that Sacramento Kings team I was trying to find his stats but um seems that he's been in the league for uh he he played for Phoenix 2018-19 and Miami 2018-19 so that's really interesting to see but we'll move on regardless um Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas made the first team as well on the uh, all summer league team. And uh, so in 29 minutes, 
per game in four games played. The Brooklyn Nets star scored 27 points, uh, two assists, 1.8 rebounds, 42% from the field, 36% from three on six attempts, 1.2 steals, 0.5 blocks, and a PER of 26.7, the third best on our second team. Uh, Another thing that's worth mentioning is that he – broke the record for most points scored in a summer league game. What did you think about Cam Thomas? Yeah, Cam Thomas is just a pure bucket getter. Like if you give yeah. to, to give some context, he averaged like 24 in the SEC, which isn't easy at all to do. Like it's extremely hard in especially in that kind of conference. Um to me he's the best scorer in the draft, not named Jalen Green. Um yep. And, like, he averaged 27. I, I know the game you're talking about where he dropped 36 that game, which is pretty insane for a rookie. But the thing with Cam Thomas is that he just – his off-ball defense, his on-ball defense, his passings is, like, very average. And, like, his defense is not that great at all. It definitely needs a lot of work. So, right now, he's just a pure scorer. Um and his box score shows exactly that, doesn't it? You know, 29 minutes, 27 points, but then only two rebounds and only 1.8 rebounds. Sorry, <laughs> two assists and only 1.8 rebounds. Right. So exactly that. Like his, and even though the box score might not show it, but his defense just isn't that great. So I think that's the main reason why we took him off the first team. Um, he did show up in like overtime in the fourth quarters and stuff, and he was very clutch, but. Uh, it was mainly the defense and the passing to me. Yep. And I think a lot of people um, should take notice with the fact that he has a 26.7 PER. That's a pretty high PER among rookies. I mean, the highest out of uh, all of our teams is, I'm just going to make a quick double check here. It's 32.7, the highest PER, and that would be Luca Garza. Um, that's the highest PER of the, of the teams that we've selected. Um, out of all the players that we selected in our teams. However, Peyton Pritchard going into yesterday what did have the highest PER, but I think uh, during the final that must have that must have fallen. But yeah, definitely big credit to Cam Thomas. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin was definitely impressive. We saw that that little uh, clip at the beginning of the summer league where he was talking about, you know, to reporters, he was talking about how we put a lot of work in during the off season and he was ready to show it um, 35 minutes per game, six games played. Uh, so he definitely has a significantly higher uh, number of minutes played compared to all of the other rookies at 35 minutes per game, 21 points, 1.3 assists, 8.3 rebounds, 44% from the floor and 34% from three on around six attempts, 1.3 uh, steals per game and almost a block per game. 19 is his PER. What were your impressions on Obi Toppin? Yeah, so like his three ball actually improved quite a bit. You can tell like his his shot uh, looks a little bit better. And like he's he's always got that athleticism, his ability to get to the rim and finish. Um, but it's mainly the shooting for me that really impressed me because he, we had questions about his shot and uh, he kind of put those to bed. So it's even though the, the percentages may not look amazing uh, for Obi Toppin standards, it's it's pretty good. His defense does need work, which is why he was left off the first team. But he showed he was like really productive. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with um, 1.3 steals and almost a block per game, I, I, I almost feel like it didn't really do him justice. That stat doesn't really do him much justice because he was a lot better defensively than those stats indicate. I think he was contesting a lot at the rim. He seemed pretty mobile on the perimeter. Um, the off-ball defense is still a work in progress, but the on-ball defense seems like it's improved. Um, and just on your point there, I guess we can we can read out his stats during the NBA season with the Knicks last year. He shot 30% from three on 1.4 attempts per game compared to 34% from three on around six attempts per game during the summer league. And from the floor, he shot... Uh, around 50% last year. And during the summer league, he shot 44%. But uh, so, yeah, that was, that was essentially going to going to whatever you were saying. So anything else to add on Obi Toppin? Yeah, the, the defense, the defense, definitely the, the off ball defense. I would agree that um, it needs a lot of work. So I think it's a work in progress for him, but um, it's the pro- productivity for me that, that gave it with, uh, with Obi Toppin. Absolutely. So moving on to Luca Garza. So a lot of going into this draft, a lot of people had questions about whether he'd even be drafted. Um, he was a late second round pick, um, you know, 50, I think he was either 52, 53, 54, 58. No, not 58. He was, he was a, I think he was in the higher to mid fifties uh, or I guess low to mid fifties, whatever, whatever that is. Um, and a lot of people had concerns about his defensive mobility. They thought he is fantastic offensively there were zero questions about how fantastic he was offensively particularly in the post which we saw a lot of but we had a lot of concerns about what he was like defensively that his lack of mobility would be a tremendous obstacle to his staying in the league let alone having you know any substantial success in the league um what were your first impressions on luca garza before you answer here is stats 21 minutes per game, right? Coming off the bench for Detroit, if I remember correctly, at least for the earlier games, five games played. He had 15 points, two assists, just about 9.6 rebounds, 52% from the floor, 40% from three as a five, four attempts per game from three, 0.4 steals and one block and a PER of 32.7, which is the highest out of everybody on our three all-summer league, all league teams and our all-defensive team. Um, before you answer, he had dropped 30 pounds coming into the summer league season from college in response to those criticisms about his defensive mobility. What were your impressions on Luca Garza? Yeah, originally I thought, I thought for sure Garza shouldn't even be in the league like period like he shouldn't even be uh be drafted because like because of his defense because of his defense particularly because he's just way too I thought he was way too slow like period and that's that like no matter how good his offense is um he's gonna struggle Um, which we've seen across the league we saw with Matt Thomas we see it with guys all over the league all the time it doesn't matter how fantastic you are offensively if you can't defend you're not going to stay in the league and even his offense, I had a little bit of criticisms with, honestly. Like, I watched the I watched the game against North Carolina, and he was struggling against their bigs. Um, and he showed he, he showed he was inconsistent against really elite teams in college, um, even though he played well against most teams, but he was a little bit inconsistent. But 
the production says it all with Luca Garza, like 40% from three, like you're saying. Um, he played really well in the post. He looks a lot better on defense because he lost that 30 pounds. Um, and you can tell he's been working on his defensive instincts. So very impressive from Garza. Right. And one of the things that you'd say is indicative of defensive mobility would be defensive rebounds and rebounds in general, right? And he had a game against the Magic with 21 points and 15 rebounds. I don't think anybody would have predicted that he'd have a scoreline close to that on the, on the board's side of things. Uh, you know, what exactly impressed you about his defense in specific and, and, his, and his rebounding? I'd say like a little bit as an off-ball defender, even though he's still slow at the NBA level, like he's not the most mobile, even with the, with the loss of 30 pounds, but the instincts and the reads and the IQ definitely have, uh, have impressed me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the IQ seemed, it was kind of difficult during the college season, uh, you know, his college season at Iowa. I think a lot of people were like, it's difficult to tell whether this is an IQ thing or whether it's just a, a substantial lack of defensive mobility, but with his lack, you know, and all we know is that he dropped 30 pounds and now he's looking like a smarter defender. So I guess that kind of answers our question. Um, but yeah, so overall, where, where do you think on a scale from one to 10, how much do you think Luca Garza improved during the off season? 10 being he couldn't have improved more one being, you know, quite obviously. Definitely like a nine or like definitely a nine, honestly, like compared to his college year to go from that is like definitely a nine. Yeah. There were, I think a few games where he pretty, he impressed us very much with his blocks. Um, so, you know, blocking rebounding. I mean, he seems that he's just way more mobile of a player after dropping those 30 pounds. So if he can improve defensively, which I think he can, um, you know, that offensive game is going to take them a lot of places as a five, especially in the post. Um, even though it's becoming increasingly obsolete in our league, he's always going to have a place uh, if he can if he can put up numbers like that. So our third team is Cade Cunningham, Desmond Bain, Aaron Naismith, uh, Jalen Johnson, and Precious Achua. So starting with Cade Cunningham, 28 minutes played per game, three games played. 18.7 points, 2.3 assists, 5.7 rebounds, 43% from the floor, 50% from three on eight attempts. Quite impressive. 1.7 steals and 1.3 blocks and a PER of 21 approximately. A lot of people might say, why is he not second team? But First, before we get into that, why don't you tell us about what you liked about Cade Cunningham, anything that surprised you either positively or negatively, what you saw? Yeah, I saw I saw an all-around player. Um, he's just an elite playmaker at 6'8". He can defend multiple positions with, like, great defense. Coming out of high school, there were questions about his shooting, but that was basically, like, put to bed at Oklahoma State as he shot close to around 40% from three. Um, his shot making ability really, really opens up his dribble drive game. And he uses his body like really well to shield, to shield the ball and actually finish. Um, you saw with Detroit in the summer league that he can play on ball and off ball. And he's, although he's probably best used on ball, 
Um, you can even use him as a spot up shooter if you wanted. Um, he's which very, is what they were doing, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, but he was very good in the pick and roll too. He's just he's just advanced for his age. Right, and I think a lot of the reason why he might not have been higher probably has a lot to do with the fact that he was used largely, at least in the earlier games, as a spot up shooter which is not really his game. He's used to being the star, having a ball in his hands and being able to make plays. But given that the Detroit starting five was practically on the floor, right? They, they pretty much had their starting lineup, um, yeah. you know, give or take a few players. He probably didn't get the ball in his hands as much as he wanted. And maybe they knew that his kind of spot up game was something that maybe needed to improve because in the NBA, he's not always going to be able to have the ball in his hands. Or maybe they have plans to get, you know, a, a starting caliber, a really strong caliber point guard. Um, so that might be one reason. But if you had to say one thing that really impressed you about Cade and one thing that really made you think, you know what, like, I don't think he should have been the first pick or something, you know, that could have given you doubts in that direction. What do you think would be your first, your, your thing for each one? Definitely his three-point shot, in, like, impressed me a lot. Um, yep. 50% yeah, 50% from three is really good, especially since coming out of high school, like people had questions about his shot. And on eight attempts, by the way. Yeah, which is which is pretty insane. Pretty ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> Consider especially considering how good of a playmaker he is, like that just completely opens up the game for him if he Yeah, just he just just before you finish actually, just to compare it really briefly to Jalen Green. Jalen Green shot 52% from three on six attempts. Cade shot only 2% lower, 50% on eight attempts per game. You could make an argument that he shot just as well from three. But yeah, no, go ahead, continue. Yeah, no, I don't think there's um I don't think there's any questions that he shouldn't have been the number one pick. Um, but he I think I just think Pistons didn't really give him the chance to really like show off his skills enough for him to be in, in the second team. Um, they're running Killian Hayes. Who's also a ball dominant guard. I wonder if in the real NBA that they actually run Killian Hayes on ball instead of Kate Cunningham with Casey. Um, but that's a further discussion. So I think that's the main reason. We saw great defense. We saw great three point shooting. What did you think about his playmaking and his mid range and rim finishing? They all look good. I think, um, honestly, his playmaking, like his playmaking at Oklahoma state was like something like sensational. So yeah. like you knew his playmaking would be like very good. Um, it honestly wasn't like as amazing as I thought it would be. Um, so that's maybe it's just a little bit too high expectations with Cade, but, uh, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so what about the finishing at the rim? What do you think that, what do you think looked good? And what do you think maybe he needs to improve on? Well, he's like a very crafty finisher, right? So the way that he uses his, his body really well to shield the ball and finish is like very, very effective. Um, the thing with Cade is that he's not an elite athlete, so he can't really get up as high. Um, I'd like to see him be a little bit more explosive as a finisher for sure. Yeah. And I, and I mean, you know, the ceiling should be just as high. We saw 
Uh, we see guys like Luka Doncic who are not particularly athletic, but are still, you know, I, I'd say Luka Doncic is a top five scorer in the NBA right now. Um, and so there's, you know, there are a lot of uh, Luka Doncic comparisons with Cade. There are some LaMelo comparisons with Cade. Um, although I, I see way more Luca than I see, than I see LaMelo. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think, um, I think his ceiling is pretty high. Uh, I have to say, I'm not particularly surprised. I was not as high on Cade Cunningham as a lot of you guys, as you know, um, I think I had Jalen green at number one and I had Jalen Suggs at number two and I had, um, uh, what's it called? Um, I believe Scotty Barnes at number three. And then um, Mobley at number four and Kaminga at five. So, you know, I had a little bit, I, I don't know, I kind of had a feeling that Cunningham's game wasn't going to uh, translate as well as it should have. Um, but, you know, it, for, for time purposes, we won't go into it. But yeah, I mean, overall, he did live up to, I guess you could say, mainstream expectations, though I think he probably disappointed those people who were very, very high on him. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. I'd agree with that. Moving on then, um, Desmond Bain. So 30 minutes per game, um, two games played, which is a small, a, a relatively small sample size, but you know, we'll see why he's included in the third team in just a little bit. 24 points per game, which is the most out of everyone in, on our third team and is uh, second most out of everybody on our second team. Um he shot, uh, so he scored 24 points per game. He had four assists, 3.5 rebounds, shot 48% from the floor. So that's better than Cade. And here it is. He shot 69% from three on seven attempts per game. He had one steal, zero blocks, and had a PER of 27, which is the second highest on the third team. What did you think about Desmond Bain? I mean, he really surprised us with his shooting almost 70% from three on seven attempts per game playing for a Memphis Grizzlies team that let's admit it doesn't have the best spacing, pretty high ceiling. What would you, what were your first impressions of him? Yeah. It's, it's not like he was playing with like the best teammates in the world and for him to shoot almost 70% from three is pretty crazy, but it's not just the sp- like the particular spot up shooting that impressed me. It's the, the ability to uh, the ability to dribble and drive and finish. And, um, and the shooting off the dribble was really, really good. Like he can score at all three levels, no question about it um, in summer league for sure. And he showed off some really good defense too. You can tell he was just, simply like too good for summer league but the thing with Bane is why he's on the third team is is the sample size he only played two games absolutely and one thing that I think a lot of us noticed was he is supremely crafty and a great shooter off of the screen I mean so many of his three points came you know off the dribble but a lot of them came off the dribble after a screen he knows how to navigate navigate a screen probably you know, from, from the summer league sample size, better than anybody in this summer league. So don't be surprised if you see a lot of uh, Steven Adams, Desmond Bain pick and rolls during the, uh, during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Aaron Naismith. Uh, so 27 minutes played, five games played. Um, 27 minutes per game, sorry, five games played. 17 points per game. Uh, almost two assists. 
six rebounds and 50% from the floor, 36% from three on seven attempts per game, and almost a steal per game and 0.6 blocks per game, a PER of 20. Uh, what were your first impressions on Naismith? Yeah, so Neesmith, he's a pure, like, just a pure three-point shooter at 6'6". 3 and D um, wing is probably the best characterization of the minute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he shot, like, 52% with Vanderbilt in his final year, I believe, and uh, around 37% from three with the Celtics. Um, but, like, he scored not as just, again, like, again with Bain not just as a spot-up shooter, but like in a variety of different ways. So that, that really impressed me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, during, during the regular season, uh, he had a mediocre, I, I think you could say, a mediocre first half of the season. But going into the second half of the season, he definitely took a leap um, with his shooting and his defense. He was almost like the new Marcus Smart. He was making these clutch plays. There were a lot of narratives um, you know, being propagated within the Celtics fan base about him kind of, you know, emulating Marcus Smart in a lot of ways. The fact that he, you know, the way that he threw himself on the floor for the defensive play and the way that he shot the three ball when it, when it, when it really counted, um, you know, from the corner as well. And then during the playoffs, we saw Naismith take, I guess you could say almost another mini leap where, you know, we saw him blocking a few of the, of the shots of the Nets big three. And um, again, being that three, three and D threat, I believe starting maybe a game or two, you know, so he was really impressive toward the end of the Celtic season. And then again, did you expect more or, or do you think that he about hit, you know, um, what, let let me put it this way. What size would you say is, was the leap that he took during the regular, during the off season, if any. Definitely. Like I'd say definitely defensively and definitely as, as not just a spot up shooter, but like he can score in a variety of ways. So those two things for sure. So would you say that he's better on ball or off ball? Because personally, I think he's quite, quite decent at both. Um, though I think he's significantly better um, on ball than he is off ball. But w- were there any observations that you made about, you know, where he, where he was relatively speaking? I think he's definitely, uh, definitely better on ball than he is off ball. Um, you can tell like he loses his man a few times, um, off ball that is on ball. He's, he's a little bit more locked in and you can tell, um, just from the footage that he's a little bit more locked in on ball. Yep. And, you know, Naismith was a big scoring threat for the Celtics, a consistent scoring threat for the Celtics during the summer league. Um, the second biggest part you could say, um, I think most people would say the second biggest reason why the Celtics made it to the finals with an, with an undefeated record. Um, so what would you say to that person who says, nah, you know, maybe Naismith doesn't deserve it. Maybe it's somebody else. Definitely the winning, like, it's definitely like he, he really, really performed. And it's like, you need a spot with him and Pritchard as, as the two main guys in the Celtics with the Celtics, because the rest of that Celtics team isn't, um, completely amazing, but those two guys really, really stepped up for them and got them to the finals. So definitely winning. Yeah, Absolutely. So now moving on to our second last for the third team, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, he, ha- he played 28 minutes per game, four games played, 19 points, two assists, 9.5 rebounds. So just 0.5 shy of a double-double, uh, 57% from the floor and 41% from three 
on three attempts per game uh, and around one steal and a block per game, a PER of 25.4, the third best in the third team. What were your impressions on the, the uh, on Jalen Johnson coming out of Duke? Yeah, just just to give some context, like he was like a top seven, seven to eight prospect, considered a top seven to eight prospect early in college. Um, and he, he ended up only playing 13 games with Duke. So he opted out and he went he ended up going around 20th um, in the draft. But he's elite at getting to the rim and finishing. He's a good rebounder, too. He's a good passer for his size. He's really good in ISO situations where there's a mismatch. Um, just an overall solid prospect. I do think he needs work on his shooting, even though he showcased that a li- quite a bit in summer league, but, uh, yeah, definitely deserving of a spot. I haven't watched a lot of Jalen Johnson myself. Um, but let me, let's, let's leave it at this. What, what do you think is the skill that if he were to develop it, he would become, you know, a, I don't know, maybe a, a top five pick in the draft potentially. Definitely the shooting, like I said, um, if he can develop into a three-point shooter and like a great shooter off the dribble, then like, and I don't think his shot is really broken either. Like his, his shooting's not terrible, but at the same time, it's still, it was still very average in college. So that's what I would put it as if he can, cause he's very good at getting to the rim and finishing. Yeah. So that's his thing, isn't it? Shot, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. So now finally, the last player on our all summer league team, uh, number three, Precious Achua. He was a new acquisition to the Raptors, did not play the first game, but he was amazing. 26 minutes played, three games played, 16.7 points, almost an assist per game, 7.3 rebounds, 60% from the floor, which is higher than everybody on the third team. Everybody on the second team and everybody on the first team as well. So he shot quite a high percentage from the floor. I mean, we, we rarely saw him miss is the honest truth. Um, he also had uh, 50%. He hit 50% from three on one three-point attempt per game, which I think is probably the most surprising stat, 50% from three. Uh, he had one steal and 1.3 blocks per game and a third-team high, 28.5 PER. What were your impressions on Precious Achua? Yeah, definitely like an elite defender. Like, he can guard. We saw it um, uh, in one of those games where he was he was guarding out ones in the perimeter um, in a big, uh, big close game there, um, and he ended up shutting them down, shutting them down, like, consistently. Um and he showcased that like not only can defend the perimeter, but he can defend defend bigs as well. And that's a bit of a question mark because he's only six eight. But he showed me that like he can really really defend bigs, and and that was really impressive from him in summer league on the defensive end. And another impressive thing was he shot the three ball like quite well, and and coming ridiculous in ridiculous well, like yeah, exactly. Um, not a whole lot of attempts, but obviously. You're- but you're not going to, you're not going to see him take a lot of attempts. Right. And he shot it with confidence and, uh, and, and with rhythm and, and it came out really well. So like, I think, I think I was really impressed with, with precious and his three ball and his defense for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, just to keep it brief, 
you know that I I consistently say, and I said it on on the last podcast, he could be our Robert Williams that can also shoot the three ball. I mean, Robert Williams, from what I remember, has a seven five or seven six wingspan. Precious is at seven three, I believe. Um, you know, but still time to grow. I believe he's a 99 kid. I believe he's, you know, 21, 20. Um, so it's still a lot of time to grow. And we saw him, you know, that, that I think is the best way for me to sum up his performance during the summer league. He was essentially a Robert Williams from the Celtics. He could rebound fantastically. You know, he could, he could reach for any rebound against anybody. He could win tips. Um, you know, he was, he was putting on great rim pressure. He had that, um, you know, that move that Lowry used to do in the post, he used to kind of run up against bigs uh, during a mismatch and he used to kind of give him a, a bit of a shoulder shove just to create a little bit of separation. Precious can do that and he can finish at the rim very, very well. So, you know, he, he impressed me with every facet of his game. He's a, he's a great playmaker as well for somebody his size. You don't usually see that from a five. So I think Precious fits the archetype for the perfect small ball five. You might have cut out a little bit there. Um, what are your final thoughts on Precious? Yeah, definitely. Like his handle, even like his handle didn't like didn't look all that terrible. And I thought coming in, his handle would be like not the greatest. So like his handle looked pretty good. So that's that's all I got to add. Yeah, that's true. I think his handle. I mean, where would you compare it to OG's handle? Because OG's handle has actually improved from average, maybe even below average, to well above average um for for maybe a four and a five uh so you know where where do you think that you'd rate would you say that he has maybe around the same type of handle as as og does uh i'd say i'd say it's a at, right now og like i'd say og has a bit of a better handle um but i'd say it's definitely like pretty close yeah no precious has been absolutely um mega impressive um he's shown playmaking he's shown uh, even though his assists don't really show it, you know, only 0.7 assists, he's he's shown that he can he knows how to kick it out when it, when he needs to. It's just again, you know, a lot of the Raptors players are not going to have particularly impressive statistics based on the teams that they had to play around, uh, play with during the summer league. But um, but yeah, Precious was fantastic. You know, it was it was really great to see him play. So that does it for our three all summer league teams. We actually forgot one thing. So we're going to talk briefly about Delano Banton because I know that our friend KJ here is a big Delano Banton advocate. So I want to give you the floor to make your best case for why Delano Banton might have uh, challenged maybe Desmond Bain, maybe even Naismith uh, for that third team spot. Take it away. Yeah, I know. Just to, just to give some context, he shot above 60% at the rim in the Big Ten. Um, he's an elite finisher through contact. And we saw that in summer league. Um, he would just, he's great at drawing fouls. He's great at getting to the rim. He uses his long strides really, really well on offense. He's not, he doesn't have the greatest first step in the world, um, but his long strides get him to that place. And you can tell defenses just collapse on him uh, to the point where it becomes very difficult for him to finish. And, his but his playmaking from that point on is just sensational. Like his he, he's an elite playmaker at six foot nine, which is pretty special because he uses his height really well to see over defenders and make the right pass. Um, 
And you can just tell on offense, he's got high IQ, great feel for the game. But with defense, um, just with Nebraska, like you can, when you watch them, like his off ball defense, he lost his man at times on ball defense. Like he was getting blown by guards at times. Um, but the defense has just looked much better in summer league. He's just been a pest defensively. He's made a massive impact on that end. Um, the one thing I would, I would consider is that he still needs work on the, on the screen navigation on the defensive end. Um, but I think that'll come, but he's just been great defensively. And that's the biggest surprise for me is his, is his defense. So that's why I think he has some short, some sort of a shot at the third team, but uh, we decided to leave him off for sure. If anything, he's probably got a stronger shot at the all defense team because he was that good on D perimeter. He is extremely mobile because probably because, you know, he's, he's quite skinny. Um, he can get test shots at the rim, can test shots on the perimeter. We saw that, um, that shot, I think it might've been against Charlotte or it might've been against the Rockets where he, uh, at the end of the shot clock in the corner, in the left corner, he had, he had contested that shot at the end of the shot clock. He swatted the ball away right at the shot. Um, you know, we, 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 we're just seeing that he is, he is an elite defender out of the rookies in this class. He has, he's probably a top five, top 10 defender out of everybody in this class. Um, and for him to be a six, nine point guard just makes it even that much rarer and that much cooler. Um, just going quickly back to your, to your point about the offense. I mean, it's not just his playmaking, but you know, those wraparound passes, the kickout passes after he drives to the rim, because what's so great about him is that being a six, nine point guard, and especially with the handle that he has, we talked about this in the last podcast, but maybe you want to talk a little bit about his handle. I mean, it's, that's probably the most surprising attribute that he's demonstrated at the summer league is that he's got a really nice tight handle. We, we see his behind the back. We see his crossover from right to left and left to right. Like he's got some, he's got a bag and he, and he uses that the hezzy as well, the dribble hezzy to get to the rim. And when he gets to that rim, he knows how to finish through contact. Like you said, at a very high level, very, very high level contact finisher. And he has the court vision to be able to kick it out. And he has the ability to execute the passes that correspond with his vision. You know, it doesn't matter where he is on the court. He can get the ball. No matter, like it doesn't matter where he's got elite anticipation, elite court vision. Um, so I just wanted to add that on. Do you have anything else to add on, on uh, Delano Banton? Yeah. Just as, just as handle, like you, when you watch them in college, he would dribble like a little bit too high and he would struggle to, to switch directions. But like in summer league, he's switching directions a little bit faster. His handle is a little bit tighter. Um, and that makes a huge difference when he's going downhill. So like definitely like his handle has improved. We saw a lot of spectacular pros from Delano during the summer league, but what do you think were the major uh, cons that prevented him from maybe jumping in ahead of Desmond Bain or, or Aaron Naismith or even Jalen Johnson? Yeah, definitely his shooting. Like he definitely struggled from three. He struggled as a shooter. Um, you saw him take a step back once. Um, the shot selection is usually quite good. Um, and you've, you're fine with him taking a, a couple threes here and there for his development, for sure. Um, but his shooting still needs a lot of work. I think his shot form needs to have a little bit more momentum behind it. He actually puts his foot like one step ahead of the other foot as he lands. 
So his landing mechanics do need a little bit more work too. So I would say shooting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd actually disagree with you a bit. I think maybe the shot selection, it seems like a lot of the time he's rushing plays, he's rush, he's forcing the pass or he's forcing the shot when the shot's not really there, you know, which is really rare and just kind of interesting because he's so good at playmaking you know, it, it seems, you know, what you don't really have much of an excuse to be taking a, an obviously bad shot. Right. Um, so, you know, what, what, what would you say about that? His shot selection? Well, I'd say like, I'd say he's, he's, he's trying like a little bit different things because you can't just go to the basket and, and go for the pass or go for the finish every single play. You have to keep the defense set a little bit. So you have to take those shots a little bit, even if you're taking them. Um, so I don't think it's a, it's a terrible thing that he's taking those shots. And I don't think it's bad for his development. So that's what I'd say. Yeah. And I think, I, I suppose it's, you know, it is summer league. Everybody's not really trying to win games so much as they are trying to show what they can do. So a lot of the times you will see bad shot selection because they're trying to force themselves into situations where they're showing that they have skills that they've maybe recently improved. And sometimes it doesn't come off as well because they don't have a lot of practice. We saw that with Scotty Barnes and a lot of confidence taking the three when maybe he was better off, you know, running inside. Um, But yeah, no, uh, overall good analysis. So the last thing that we have to talk about is the all defensive team. So the all defensive team, Jalen Suggs, Davion Mitchell, Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, and Precious Achua. Uh, Suggs, again, to repeat, he had a, uh, he, he played 21.8 minutes, 22 minutes, three games played. He had one steal and 1.6 blocks per game. Uh, and he had a defensive rating of 104.2, which is the highest out of everybody on our all defense. Yeah, no, Suggs just has great instincts on defense. Yeah. He plays the passing lanes really well. Um, we talked about how he's a great shot blocker for his size, but it's, it's the combination of things, right? It's that Suggs is just, just doesn't have many holes defensively. Some players, they're not amazing. uh, And the opposite, but Suggs is just great on ball. He knows where to be off ball and he's got great court awareness. He does. I mean, you know, we all saw that he doesn't care how tall you are he's going to go and contest that shot at the rim. And more often than not, his 6'4 height is going to allow him to do that at a pretty decently high efficiency. Just his athleticism is absolutely absurd. I mean, he really would have been the perfect Kyle Lowry replacement. You know, Kyle Lowry with, you know, 6'4 inch heels, you know, like, you know, being being 6'4 Kyle Lowry is essentially the best way you could describe Jalen Suggs. And we saw great shot creation from Jalen Suggs, which is a, was another worry. You know, we saw turnaround fadeaways. We saw a whole bunch of stuff shooting off the dribble. He was fantastic. I don't know if we mentioned that a lot, but defensively, like you said, he cuts those passing lanes and he is such a disruptor on defense. He's got nice active hands. He gets great. You know, he, he got a couple of really, really great steals diving for the ball. Um, and that super clutch block at the end of that game. Again, I don't remember exactly who it was against, but you know, the, the, the block on the final possession of the game to send it to overtime, which they ended up winning. So that was the play, you know, that winning play is what he said in his words. Um, just an overall elite defensive player, probably going to be the best 
you know, the best defensive guard out of this class, potentially. Um, you know, the only contest to that might be Kate Cunningham, but would you say that there's a pretty fair chance that Suggs comes out the best defensive guard out of this draft class? I'd say there's a there's a decent chance, but I think Davion Mitchell is a better defender. Um, so I'd, I'd have to give it to Davion Mitchell. See, for me personally, I think Davion Mitchell is a way better on-ball defender. I think he's the best on-ball defender in this class by far. But would you say that there might be a chance that Suggs is a better overall defender based on his off-ball defense as well and his overwhelming intelligence? I definitely agree that Suggs, is, his, his intelligence and his off-ball defense may be better, but just the gap in on-ball defense and the way Pretty huge, the, yeah. the way Mitchell guards uh, guards players is pretty insane. Um, so I'd have to give it to Davion Mitchell, but like, you never know. So like Suggs ceiling could be like a lot higher than I think it, it may be on the defensive end. So. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so on that note, Davion Mitchell, 25 minutes per game, five games played compared to Suggs's 21.8 or 22 minutes played and three games played. Um, he had 1.2 steals and 0.1 blocks compared to Suggs's one steal and 1.6 blocks. And he had a defensive rating of 92 compared to Suggs's 104. What were your thoughts on Davion Mitchell real quickly? I mean, we already talked about it, but is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I, I saw a stat that like in summer league starting guards against the Kings are like 34 and 82, 34 for 82 from the field. Um, which is pretty impressive. And I think Davion Mitchell has a, has a big impact on that. Um, Just going to calculate it here, 34. So that's 41%. Yeah. For summer league, which is, which is pretty good. But um, Davion is, he's just been a pest defensively. Like he, he'll go over screens. He'll play the passing lanes. Well, he'll pick up guards. Um, He's just been really good defensively. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. Davian Mitchell's definitely been the star defender um, of this summer league. And, um, you know, it's defense that won the Sacramento Kings the the chip at the end of the day and um, won himself the MVP. It was his defense. They don't call him off night for no reason. Um, finally, uh, or I guess second to finally, Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, 28 minutes played. So just, you know, uh, sorry, no, sorry, we skipped Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, 27 minutes played on four games, one steal per game, two blocks, 93.7 defensive rating. Uh, What did you think about Scotty Barnes? We already talked about it a little bit about his defense with his wingspan and all that, but is there anything you want to add about Scotty Barnes's D? Yeah, his, he's got that size. Like we said, he's six, nine, like 225 pounds. He can defend multiple positions with elite defense. And I think that versatility in the NBA especially is really, really important to be able to switch to just about anyone and guard them with elite defense. Um, Since there's so much switching happening now in the NBA, Um, but Barnes, he plays the passing lanes really well. He's good with screen navigation. Um, He can guard like every position, like I was saying. Um, And like, I think his like, like his fierceness as well. Like his ability just to create turnovers is like really his good. His love for defense in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, interestingly, I think his best defensive attribute is his on-ball defense. But I think that the reason that he's on this all defensive team, I think we'd both agree is because of his off-ball defense. I think that he was quite good 
um, at defensive communication, at cutting passing lanes, at, you know, um, uh, a lot of the steals came from anticipation and not necessarily poking the ball loose. Um, you know, Barnes was just really, really great as an overall defender and not just as a hands-on on-ball defender. Um, what would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Off yeah, ball, no off ball and on ball. Like he was, he was great. Yeah. It's just the only thing is that I think on ball weirdly, he, he kind of got, he kind of overcommitted at times and maybe it's that fear, fierceness and that passion to, for defense that kind of caused him to overcommit. There are a lot of times where he gets blown by because he's being caught flat footed, uh, guarding his man a little bit too close. I don't know if you noticed that as well, but what were your thoughts on that? If you did. Yeah, I think, I think there was a, there was maybe like a couple times where he, he might've got, he might've got blown by on those, those cases, but I think those gambles are very good to take because he's such, so good at creating the turnovers. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I think about it. That's just him. That just comes with his fierceness and his ability to create turnovers. So I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Right. Absolutely. So real quickly, because we already talked about both Kaminga and Precious, but Kaminga, 28 minutes per game. He had 1.5 steals per game, 0.7 blocks, and a defensive rating of 95. Uh, Precious had 26 minutes per game compared to Kaminga's 28. Um, he had one steal and 1.3 blocks compared to Kaminga's 1.5 and 0.7. And he had a defensive rating 0.8 higher at 95.8. What were your thoughts on Kaminga and what were your thoughts on Precious? Yeah, it's these two guys are kind of similar in the in the sense that they both uh, they can both defend multiple positions with elite defense. You saw Kaminga can can guard one through four and some fives even. Precious can basically guard one through five. Um, they're very switchable, and that's like a huge asset in the NBA. Um, just with Precious though, like you have to remember, he played as a wing. He actually played as a wing in high school. So he's used to guarding guys out on the perimeter and stuff. And, and I think that's really good for him. Absolutely. What, what do you think impressed you most about each of their game, both Kaminga and Precious? I'd say their defensive like, game, obviously. I'd say this, definitely the switchability of Precious being able to guard ones is, is very, very impressive. And fives, you knew he can guard fours and threes and, and twos with good defense. Um, but the ability to guard bigger players and the ability to guard a lot smaller players with ones and fives. Um, with Kaminga, it's, it's the defensive IQ for me. It's, it's the ability to have that nice court awareness and, and high IQ on the defensive end for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree. Um, I don't think Kaminga is on the same level of, you know, a Scotty Barnes or a Jalen Suggs in terms of off ball defense. But, you know, I think the thing with Kaminga that impressed me the best was just his rim protection and ball, you know, the, the off ball defensive IQ is also something that feeds into that. Um, and with Precious, I think it was just the defensive mobility overall. The fact that he's got that elite switchability. He can really, really guard one through five. I think we did see him on a couple of switches during the summer league where he did end up uh, guarding a guard and he did a fantastic job at it. And we just saw elite rim protection from both of them, which, you know, I guess you expected more so from Precious than Kaminga, 
but you know, their on ball and their off ball defense, their rim protection and their elite switchability were the main things that stood out for me for coming up precious. And I think that's what separated them the most from, from everybody else. Do you have anything else to add to, to add on that? I think we covered everything, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that's it from us at Hall of Takes. Um, be sure to subscribe, like the video for more. And um, this has been your boy, Eric and KJ. And uh, you know, stay tuned for more content coming soon. Peace.